Austria's new law on online harassment came into effect on January 1, 2021, after months of discussions since the bill was initially published and years after abuse and threats online had already taken their toll on journalists in the country, especially women journalists. The Austrian Communication Platforms Act focuses in particular on regulating social media platforms and is part of a larger package that has also included reforms in the penal and civil codes as well as the media law. All of that with the objective of combating hasimnets or online hate in English. In short, the law targets social media platforms with more than 100,000 users, except Wikipedia and comment forums on news sites. The platforms, like Twitter or Facebook, must remove serious illegal content within 24 hours or other unlawful posts within seven days. Failing to comply, they can face fines of up to 10 million euros. On top of that, big social media platforms need to make publicly available a report with all the takedown requests and a description of the process followed for each individual request as well as a training of the personnel moderating the posts. All of this with the oversight of a supervisory authority. However, the law has also raised serious concerns, including the questionable strategy of turning private companies into arbiters of free speech online. There is a clear risk that platforms could remove more content than what is required by law to avoid heavy fines, therefore limiting freedom of expression and the free dissemination of news. Critics have also pointed out the timing of the law, right when the European Commission is working on a similar bill known as the Digital Services Act that will take precedence over national law. As these issues are not unique to Austria, the country's new online harassment law offers a chance to scrutinize policy in a rapidly changing field. Today, we look on the up and downsides of the Austrian Communication Platforms Act with experts Daniela Kraus, Secretary General of the Presse Club Concordia, and Ingrid Brodnik, journalist and author of several books on online abuse and propaganda. Both of them submitted a document with a thorough analysis of the law and included recommendations at the early stages of the bill. My name is Javier Luque and this is The Press Freedom Files. First of all, let me welcome our guests uh, today. Thank you very much, Daniela and Ingrid, for participating in this podcast. Hello. Hello, Javier. Hi. So let's dive into the topic. So we are aware about the impact of online harassment in the life and careers of many journalists, especially women journalists. But did we need a law like this one in Austria? I mean, given that Europe is already working in a similar bill. So I'm not sure if Daniela wants to go first or I should, but I can try to answer your question. Um, it's correct that the logical way is that Europe should um, make the rules here. But the thing is, um, um, and Europe does try to make new um, 
guidelines, rules um, with the Digital Services Act, which will be, um, which is currently being discussed actually, but it takes time on a European level to have such a new foundation, such a new legal foundation. And I would say that the lawmakers in Austria had the feeling that they do not want to wait for a European solution because a national solution can be quicker. And of course, um, I guess in politics, it's also sometimes interesting to be one of the first few countries in Europe to establish such a ground. But I personally, I can understand this because um, Facebook and Twitter and um, YouTube, they are already a force and they are important. And um, it's, we lose time if we just wait for the European solution. We need perhaps better ways to deal with hate speech before that. And um, this problem is now the EU Commission works very intensely on the Digital Services Act, but for many, many years they did not touch the e-commerce directive. Um, the e-commerce directive is like the, the predecessor of the Digital Services Act. And it took several, a few national states, um, member states to, 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 to introduce their own laws until there was a real debate about this. So Germany was first. And I think that um, in the long run, we will have um, European regulation and that will be great or I hope it will be great, but um, I understand people who say um, they don't want to wait um, so in order to be able to um, look closer at Google and Facebook, etc. Well, I, I think I, I want to add something. I think this is not only about the law or about the, the legal um, uh, regulations, but this is also about agenda setting and the discourse. And I want to add to what Ingrid said that I think that is one of the reasons why it's, it's um, besides from all European uh, criticism also because the European Commission also has criticized the Austrian law but it's, it, I think it was an important step to, 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 to bring the issue uh, even more on the agenda. So I think that, uh, that it was important that we have this discussion uh, why we need such a law and why maybe, and, and maybe this accelerates the process on a European level. I think that it, maybe Ingrid agrees on this one. So we will see when you ask about the, the, the benefits of the law. I mean, I don't think that we can tell now how it will be put in, into effect because it, um, uh, the, the Facebook, etc. don't have to, to react uh, uh, before the end of uh, March. Um, so we will see what, what it will bring in reality, but there are some important issues in the regulation. I would agree just to say this, um, on the European level, um, such negotiations that we are having now, um, when you have uh, your own law, it kind of is a foundation you can build upon. So I would also see it as something you can bring to the table in the upcoming months when different member states talk about what they would um, suggest um, the EU should do. Um, this is also something that you can always have in the back of your mind to refer to. It's, it's similar, we can touch this later, but it's the Austrian law is very similar to the German law. Um, and I would say um, in Austria, we kind of have the tradition to take German laws and kind of copy them sometimes, perhaps with a few um, changes. But um, 
in, in the, the basic idea between, uh, behind the German Netzwerkdurchsetzungsgesetz, NetzDG, and the Austrian Kommunikationsplattformengesetz, KoppelG, the, the idea behind that is practically the same. And similar to the criticism that, uh, that the German law, you know, uh, uh, arised at some point when it was created and then implemented, one of the criticism was the fact that uh, it might encourage social media to remove a lot of content, excessively a lot of content, uh, in an attempt to, to preempt the, uh, the fines that, that the law uh, envisions as well for the platforms. What's your point on that? So I can say something about that. Um, you're right. This was, I would say, the biggest um, aspect which was highly debated, very controversial, um, whether it will lead to overblocking. So whether YouTube or Facebook, when in doubt, will delete content in order to not get fined. But um, the German law is now being used and in and and is being um, reality made reality for quite a few years and the thing is that we don't see such overblocking of course there are bad decisions by facebook and youtube from time to time actually those bad decisions also happen in countries where you don't have an SDG or our law because sometimes the platforms are um, not precise enough when they uh, look at such um, comments but when you look in Ger germany this this real fear of overblocking it did not turn out to be that bad but i must add one thing so in Germany, they, have, they are working on an updated version of the law, which will have like a, a better safeguard for people when their comments get deleted. Um, and this idea, I must say, we, we Austrians, um, we kind of um, took the idea they already they had first and implemented that in the new law. So in the Austrian law, just quickly, let me explain. In the Austrian law, when your comment gets deleted, you can um, address that and the, the, the company, the platform has to look upon it. And if you're still not happy with the result, you can file a complaint. And when um, a certain number of complaints is being reached, there will be um, like uh, a, a case um, in Austria, whether this platform is not taking its responsibility seriously. So this is a safeguard. And it's interesting, not, not just when your comment has been deleted, but if you um, report something and it does not get deleted, you can also escalate that and then file a complaint. And this is a safeguard so that you at the end have a state authority to look into the question whether a platform is kind of deleting too much or not taking it seriously. And this is a mechanism, I must say, not, it was not, um, the Austrians were not the first to have this idea, but they were, the, they were quicker in making it law. The idea was basically first in the German revision, but the Austrians just really, um, there, there was a really quick um, um, decision-making process in Austria, yeah. So there's, there's, there's one thing, yeah, there's, there's one thing again, uh, on a kind of meta level, um, I have to explain that Ingrid and, and I, for the Press Club Concordia, 
and, and Ingrid as, a, as an expert, um, we, we commented the law when it was presented first. Uh, and what we pointed out, and I think that this is very important, is that it is, um, that it is crucial that, that all the regulations in the law will be evaluated after some time. Because, uh, I mean, still, this is a field, we have some experience, but you, you can't really say uh, at, at each point what might be the effects and if these regulations work out well or not. So this is, I think, a very important point. Um, and uh, I think it, unfortunately, isn't considered um, uh, enough. Uh, but it, it's really important that after some time, maybe uh, two years or, or maybe 18 months, I don't know, uh, the regulations will be evaluated and then uh, there is a tuning and, 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 um, and it will be uh, improved wherever it is necessary. Um, Ingrid and, and, and you, Daniela, as well, the, you, you were raising an important point. It's like to, to, so that they're going to create this supervisory authority that at the end of the day it's going to be uh, the uh, communications authority of, uh, of, of Austria, if I'm not mistaken. But to, in order to build up a case, you will need to, uh, to have at least five uh, complaints, well-funded complaints, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if this approach puts too much uh, weight on the quantity of the complaints and not that much on the quality of the complaints. Uh, Daniela, if you want to go first. Yeah, I mean, we will, we will see and we also recommended that, uh, in, uh, that the authority could, um, uh, could, could implement um, uh, a, a complaint by their own initiative. So if there are really um, severe uh, cases, that they could, could, uh, that they could start um, investigating that by their, themselves. But they didn't, uh, if I'm not mistaken, they didn't consider this uh, suggestion. Yeah, um, I would agree. So this was something that we um, criticized, or perhaps criticize is a bit a strong word, but we did not fully understand why they chose five um, complaints. So it's five complaints within a month. And it's, it's a hard question, is this a lot or a little? Because I think Daniela um, raised an important concern here. We do not have um, experience with this law. So we, will all, we also don't know whether such complaints will be happening all the time. And five is like a really low number or if those complaints hardly ever happen. So this is really hard to say. So we were more like, uh, a bit surprised why did they choose a, a number and not leave that open for the authority to um, look at it and like you know there are some really good aspects in the law I, I give you an example um, besides the the question of deleting content there is also a lot of transparency now that the platforms have to establish. So they have to fill in reports like how much content did they delete, uh, why did they delete it. And the real good aspect is that um, the um, Austrian um, regulator, regulatory board that is responsible for that, they can also specify these transparency guidelines so when they see the reports that they are getting are not helpful because this was uh, something that the germans saw i must add that the reports at the beginning especially were really not so really helpful 
that they can specify what information the platforms have to give them. This is a good, I think, a good aspect of the law. And we were a bit surprised that when it came to the transparency, they kind of um, le left that open to see in, in, in reality how it would play out. But this aspect with the um, scrutiny of um, such complaints, we did not, I think we were a bit surprised that they left it in there. I think it's, um, I think there could be bigger problems with such a law, but um, I still don't fully understand why they chose five. It, it seems a bit arbitrary to me, to be honest. Yeah, because uh, another of the concerns that were uh, that were also expressed in the in the recommendations uh, guidelines that that uh, Presa Club uh, Presa Club Concordia put out and published uh, a few few months uh, a few months ago uh, was uh, the fact that um, that the law can be used to limit not only insults and abuse but also criticism, especially against politicians, um, and of course. Right now, as we've been already talking about, it's very difficult to make an evaluation of the impact, you know, or the real impact. But what what are your thoughts on this? I mean, this this is a really uh, um, severe concern on a on a print on a on a general level, and I, I think we see some uh, current examples that politicians might be very uh, sensitive uh, in 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 criticism and also use the law. Um, against uh, people who criticize them. So I think this is, this is a real concern and we have to look at this very, very thoroughly. Absolutely. And if I may add, um, I think that there, with such a law and with stricter laws about hate speech and um, let, let's say not just hate speech, but um, let's say aggressive speech, because a lot of things are not um, targeted against people because of their color of the skin, their religion, uh, but because they're journalists. And this is not the classic type of hate speech. Um, you always need to ask yourself, how can it be misused? And in Austria, I would say that the, the one um, aspect here is that some politicians really like to sue a lot and there's often the question whether they use such legal cases in order to um, like build a higher threshold of criticism like that some people get sued and perhaps other people think about it really long and, and intensely whether they still want to comment online so there's not just a question whether you get sued but also what it may, leads to other people not writing or posting anymore and with this law um, since there are some safeguards in place i think that's pretty um, good uh, um, but you still need to monitor it and then there's a second aspect um, this is not important for the european discussion but this law was actually part of a bigger package like of several laws several legal changes and and other legal changes we also had a new ways for victims of um, derogatory speech um, aggressive speech to have an easier time in um, filing suits in like getting help from courts and i think this is positive but this is um these are other these are other legal aspects, but this is not part of this law. But I think we need to really look closely whether um, political parties or certain politicians use these new methods against citizens. And um, 
And as Daniela said, we have had a history of some politicians being really aggressive. I just give you um, one example. It's a, a few years ago to um, um, politicians, the Scheuch brothers from uh, Carinthia, um, they are from the right wing populist um, movement. They sued a lot of comments, like people who wrote comments in their standard, uh, one of the most important tar um, daily newspapers in Austria. So we have had precedents where certain Internet users would suddenly be facing legal charges. Um, and the problem is that the normal citizen, the ordinary citizen, is often ill-adept with how to cope with that because they don't have an attorney who is specialized in such things. So um, I would say also Daniela with Presse Club Concordia and of course I myself, I think a lot of people are monitoring this because this is of course something we need to watch out for. Just let me highlight uh, this point. Again, that's why transparency is so important, also in the reports, uh, so uh, that the public can have a look what are the effects. And if this effect happens, that we just know it in the first place. <laughs> I think otherwise the discourse can't, um, can't be had, because a real problem is that, that sometimes you're just losing track of what's happening. So it, it's very important that these reporting mechanisms are very transparent. And by the way, this is only a sidestep, also uh, machine readable and comparable between the different platforms. We pointed that out uh, when we commented on the law, because um, otherwise we have, I don't know, uh, a mess of, of, of PDF files in the worst case, and nobody can work with it. And, you know, just to add to it, because we want journalists and data journalists to look upon the data or scientists. And in Germany, um, you could see that the different platforms had quite different ideas how to report. So um, I would say that we had a few suggestions which were not deeply followed up upon, but there's still some chance that in, in the upcoming guidelines, the official guidelines how to report. I, I think that's a good, it's very good, Daniela, that you just said that. Perhaps we should contact them and remind them of this, I think, important idea to help us journalists understand the data better. Yeah, um, and, and following up a little bit on what what you were saying about about this new package of laws um, that that this HACIMNET law it's also included. Um, yeah, it, it it actually envisions as well this new package of laws. I, I mean that to have um, a trials that are quicker trials, so that uh, cases against uh, harassment against journalists when they decide to file a complaint and to file a legal suit doesn't. Uh, do not drag on for years, you know, without um, any decision. But my, my question here as well is whether you think that these uh, new laws, new provisions that, that in principle are really good, you know, and beneficial for everyone, not only for journalists, also come along with uh, resources, both economic and um, uh, human resources to equip, you know, the courts and to equip, you know, the new supervisory authority of this law um, to actually fulfill their commitments. Uh, well, I, I'm sure on side of the uh, regulation authority, the RTR, there will be enough resources. Uh, I, I'm sure. I'm, I'm not sure if there will be uh, enough resources on um, 
let's say I can't remember in maybe you can can uh, tell the prosecutors they they announced that there will be more prosecutors on the cases, but I don't remember the number. I, I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty afraid that it won't be enough because it can't be enough because there will be a lot of cases, I guess, but who knows. So actually this was one big concern because when the new package of laws was introduced, um, there was this idea that the courts and the prosecutors will have a lot of more work. The thing is, nobody really knows how much because um, with, when you have stricter laws about defamation or about um, how easy it is for victims of defamation, hate speech, etc. to um, address the court, um, because the legal basis did not really change, like what is forbidden did not, not, not only a little, there was a few adjustments, but most of it stayed pretty much the same. There were a few adjustments when it came to the um, offenses themselves. But um, a, a lot of more, a, a lot of it is more enforcement than the legal basis. But the thing is, so when you make it easier for people to um, address the court, and also cheaper, because that was one problem that um, in the past um, a lot of people, including myself, had the impression that in Austria we have really strict laws. We kind of, in in a, in a international comparison, the German-speaking countries are quite strict. We have laws against defamation. We have laws against hate speech. We have laws against um, symbols that um, glorify national socialism. So we have a lot of strict laws. But sometimes the victims of hate speech or defamation are um, not suing because um, up to now you had um, a, the financial threat. When you lose in some cases, you have to pay your attorney, the attorney of the other side, and also the legal fees. And that can be quite high. So what the new package tried to um, look at is how can you make it e not just quicker, but also cheaper for like ordinary citizens who don't have like um, money put aside for such legal cases to, to get, just get content um, like also deleted quickly. So, um, but then again, you also have the question of, um, is there enough um, judicial oversight? So do you have enough um, judges and prosecutors to really look upon those cases because what cannot be the uh, it, it, it cannot work if you don't have enough people there and you also don't want um, a rushed um, decision you want the judge to have enough time um, and not too many cases on his table or her table so um, it, it's true that the ministry um, uh, did announce that there will be more prosecutors and also more specialized um, uh, teams about such issues, if I remember correctly. Um, I hope I, I remember this correctly. But the thing is, um, when we talked about these new laws, Daniela and I, we, um, we also, I think we, we highlighted one important aspect. For years now in Austria, there has been a debate, how can we help, help victims of hate speech to have a better, um, a better system, to, to be able to um, use the legal 
structure better. And you cannot say you need to make it easier for victims and then don't think about having more resources. So it, sometimes it seems to me people say, oh, yes, victims should have ease, an easier time to fight these cases. But then when you say, yes, but we also need more personnel in the court system, they're like, mm, I'm not so sure. So, of course, you, if you want to help victims, you need to establish enough um, prosecutors. And to be honest, nobody knows if, um, if the changes are enough because nobody knows how many cases we will have. The thing is, when you have now um, legal changes, um, it's the one thing to change the law, but then the question is whether ordinary citizens are aware of it. So this is like the, um, it's, it's, this is a paradox. Sometimes you, you make it easier for people to uh, like help themselves legally, but if they don't know it, it doesn't help at, at all. So this will be the big question if there is enough communication for like ordinary citizens to really use it. So I, so all the estimates, how much more work will be, will be necessary, those are just estimates. We don't fully know. I mean, there would be enough money by the government to, 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 to make communication about this law because <laughs> they just uh, decided on a very huge amount of, of, of public advertising uh, for the government. So maybe there, if I want to be not cynical but optimistic, maybe there is a chance that they will also communicate about this new law and the possibility it gives to, to the people. Uh, and, uh, and being optimistic, maybe just another uh, side note to this. We have to be aware that this law, this package of law, really was a prestige project by, the, uh, by this government, by this coalition. So maybe there is hope that um, not only uh, designing the law, but also implementing it might, uh, might in the government's uh, view, add to their prestige. So because I think it would be, it would be uh, quite a, a, a huge, a big failure and also a, a public disappointment if, if they do not dedicate enough resources uh, to have uh, prosecutors and judges and personnel in the courts. So let's be optimistic that, that this may work. Um, and Javier, if I may add one last thing just for IPI, I think um, we have been talking about these issues in the last three years uh, often, but um, just to explain why this is so important for journalists. And this is the reason why Daniela and I worked on this paper. Um, in this whole package, as I mentioned, it will be easier to um, get a judge look upon a case quickly and decide whether um, a, a comment or a posting needs to be deleted. And the, the background here is that also journalists are sometimes being attacked on a very aggressive, in a very aggressive way. Also like female journalists in a very sexist and demeaning way. And the problem is that sometimes media companies um, do not fully um, sue everything they could sue or help their employees sue everything that could be um, like fought against. Um, because there is also in the media 
landscape, sometimes this fear that this could cost you a lot, a lot of money. And media companies in these days, they are not, it's not like the, the best business to be in, let's put it this way. So of course, to help victims of hate speech and sexist speech and like just illegal comments um, to um, like get their, like fight such offenses, this also should help journalists. This is why, why we looked upon it. And um, the, in, 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 in theory, a lot of these cases could have been already decided upon, but there was always the danger that it would cost too much money and you did not use the opportunities you had. So this was the reason why we looked upon it, because we also want, for example, female journalists to have an, a, an easier time using the laws they could have already used in the past, but without the fear of having like high financial costs, for example. This is actually one of the concerns that both of you raised in the document, in the sense that also the law, and I don't know if it has been solved now in the final draft, so in the implementation already, but that it creates a sort of an imbalance uh, between the employer and the employee, meaning that uh, the employer can actually initiate or file a suit against the aggressor, even without the consent of the of the journalist that has been targeted with, with online abuse. Um, I don't know what's your view on this and whether this has finally been you know solved no it's still it's still in the law and it has a different background but i think it wasn't considered enough uh, that this uh, could have um, a, a very bad influence in some fields for example in journalism I, we, we both think that this it this is um, um not the best solution because maybe a journalist doesn't want to sue for some reasons because he or she knows the, uh, the, 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 the person who posted the comment or whatever reasons there might be. So it's, and, and the principle of having, having your employer uh, sue somebody without you cons your consent, I think it's a weird idea for most of the, for most of the fields we can think of. Yes, because the laws that we are talking about, they are made to protect persons like me or Daniela or Javier as a person. And when you get attacked and suddenly your employer can use that to sue whether if or if not you are um, like thinking this is a good idea, we, we, we are not like I would say we are not the biggest fan of this aspect of uh, the package because um, um, there can be cases where you get attacked, but you choose not to fight it legally. For example, there's the Streisand effect, where you do not want to talk about uh, certain things in order not to make them bigger. And I think um, it should be the decision of the person that is being attacked, um, whether or not to highlight it. And the reason they made it was, uh, it seems more to be for the for the, for judges, because sometimes judges get attacked and like a lot of defamation and and they don't like to sue themselves. So the idea is that then their employer, the the uh, legal department behind them, could sue the ministry or whatever, and um, and they don't need to be the person fighting their own cases, but. I understand this. I understand this thought, but it was like the, the, this um, um, rule suddenly implements to the whole workforce, 
And this is something, there was a lot of criticism about that and they did not, um, they did not, I don't, I, I think they looked upon the judges and their needs and I think that um, coming from journalism, we did have another view of that and I, I, I think that's a bit sad. This is one of the aspects we are not like the biggest fans of, yeah. So if uh, that's okay with you, let's uh, talk uh, maybe in six or eight or nine months time uh, to see the uh, effectiveness of, of, of this law. And maybe we will have the chance to do it, you know, in person uh, and, and, and having a, a coffee or, or, just, uh, or just a drink or a tea, you know, uh, together. So thank you very much to both of you, Daniela Kraus and Ingrid Brodnik for joining today's uh, Press Freedom Files. Thank you. Thank you. So that's it for today. If you have enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it on social media. The Press Freedom Files is a podcast produced by the International Press Institute as part of its Newsrooms on the Line project, funded by Adesium Foundation and also the Media Freedom Rapid Response, which is a project co-funded by the European Commission. You can listen to more episodes in your favorite podcast platform or visit our website, ipi.media. Thanks for tuning in today and see you in the next episode of the Press Freedom Files. Thank you.